0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Jesus' parents brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow for the, to the age of eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
1: May I have the grace to speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Last week, I heard from a friend who had been struggling to have a child for many years. I knew she had finally become pregnant, but given her past experiences, I knew that she was understandably anxious. So when her text came with a picture of little Ella, just two days old, I was so happy for her. She's not a religious person, but she knew that I had been praying for her throughout her pregnancy. And so it was wonderful to offer a prayer of thanks for a safe delivery. Today we celebrate with Joseph and Mary, as the new parents bring their son to the temple in Jerusalem. They're faithful adherents to Jewish law, so they make this journey to fulfill the requirements to pray for purification after delivery of a child, and to dedicate their firstborn son. As people of limited means, they bring a pair of birds to offer as sacrifice, There they encounter two elderly people, Simeon and Anna, who somehow understand the significance of this particular child. Each sees Jesus as a sign of God's redemption, and they offer praise to God for the gift of the Messiah. This story completes the narratives of Jesus' birth. We don't often hear this gospel, as it is appointed for the feast of the presentation in the temple, which is February the 2nd, 40 days after Christmas, and it only occasionally falls on Sunday. Another name for this festival is Candlemas, which includes a procession with candles drawing on Simeon's words that Jesus is a light for revelation to the nations. The procession dates from at least the 7th century and is still prominently observed in the Orthodox churches. Also ancient in origin is a Christian rite of purification of the mother after childbirth, sometimes called the churching of women. Jewish law rightly recognizes both the time of rejoicing and the sense of obligation that comes with the birth of a child. The rituals are prescribed to acknowledge the presence of God at this significant time in the lives of the parents. The ritual sacrifices are not part of our worship, but the impulse to come before God at such a time is certainly real, and our prayer book recognizes these desires. Modern medicine in many parts of the world has made childbirth less deadly for the woman and the baby but the sense of anxiety for the health of both is real. Our emphasis is on thanking God for the gift of a child, whether by birth or adoption, rather than the need from earlier times to purify a woman after giving birth. Perhaps you're surprised to learn that we have this ritual. We're familiar with infant baptism as the public expression of dedication of a child to God in the sacrament of new birth. I sometimes think that parents are in a rush to have their child baptized as part of the natural impulse to celebrate the birth with their family and the community. Participating in a thanksgiving for the birth of a child may provide this public expression while more time elapses for proper preparation for the sacrament of baptism. And it may also be observed after baptism, especially if the sacrament has taken place at a church other than the one in which the child is being raised. We don't often observe this Thanksgiving in our Sunday services. The prayers there are a helpful aid to all of us who have a part in the care of children. So I'd like to pray with you one of those right now. If you can find your prayer book, it's on page 443. page 443. Don't you hate pop quizzes on Sunday mornings? <laughs> so the prayer at the bottom of the page on the right, praying together. Oh God, you have taught us through your blessed Son that whoever receives a little child in the name of God Christ, receives Christ himself. We give you thanks for the blessing you have bestowed upon this family in giving them a child. Confirm their joy by a lively sense of your presence with them, and give them calm strength and patient wisdom as they seek to bring this child to love all that is true and noble, just and pure, lovable and gracious, excellent and admirable, following the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praying together, our expression of communal trust in God is fundamental to our life as followers of Jesus. The gift of our prayer book is that it provides images and expressions that can shape our understandings and our experiences of God's presence. Familiar prayers, like the Lord's Prayer, may reside deep in our hearts, coming to consciousness as words of comfort or forgiveness or praise or strength. Unfamiliar prayers may provide fresh expressions and new ways of encountering God. Jewish law prescribes prayers to be held at regular intervals throughout the day. We don't know what specific prayers Simeon and Anna may have been using that day, but it's clear from the gospel that they are constantly in the temple for the worship of God and that they each have insights into God's will that come from a life of prayer. What we do have from Luke's account is Simeon's prayer that we call the Dimittis the Latin words for the first few words of the prayer we heard today, Master, you now are dismissing your servant in peace. There's evidence that these words were incorporated into Christian worship from at least the fourth century. We use this canticle in our services of evening prayer and compline at the close of day. As we extinguish the lights, we pray for God's presence through Jesus, the light of God of our lives. The prayers of Simeon and Anna in the temple are a poignant reminder that our prayers provide a sense of God's presence throughout our lives. These elderly people are finding the completion of their lives in the peace of God, glimpsed in the promised salvation of God's anointed one, Jesus they're offering prayers of thanksgiving and joy in the birth of this child. And they're also pointing to the fuller message of Jesus as the one who takes upon himself the wounds and suffering from a world that does not recognize God's peace. Simeon offers a blessing to the parents, and then he says, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The reconciliation promised in the Messiah comes at a price, as the forces of oppression are put down and the power of love is revealed. The light that enlightens us reveals not only God's glory... But also, how often we have failed to see and receive God's love. Simeon points to the power of that light to lead us into a new life. The words he uses have a particular source. When Simeon says, Master, you now are setting your servant free, he's referring to the manumission of a slave that is, the words that a slave owner says in releasing an enslaved person. So in recognizing Jesus as God's promised deliverer, Simeon is experiencing the freedom we feel as we find ourselves to be accepted, loved, and forgiven by God. Our prayer book appoints Simeon's words to be used at the end of the day. Put into the mouth of an elderly man, It is also a prayer at the end of a life. Simeon says that he can now depart in peace, having encountered the promised gift of God's salvation in the baby Jesus. His life of prayer has brought him to this point, where he sees God's faithfulness in a way that releases him from the fear of death. He can die in peace, wrapped in the warmth of God's light prayers of thanks for the birth of a child and prayers for a peaceful death remind us that our lives are encircled in God's care as we open ourselves to God's Spirit working in and through us and in the world around us. It's a holy privilege to live in that prayerful mode in which our relationships are shaped by the depths of God's love for us. Our prayers keep us open to seeking God at work, shaping our beliefs and our actions as members of Christ's body in the world. This desire to keep our prayers alive and breathing has led Charlie to revise our daily noonday service. Beginning this week, tomorrow, we will move that service from the chapel into the church to be more visible and accessible to the city. We will be praying intentionally for those who live and work in this community, as well as those who shape our nation and care for our planet. The bells at noon will invite anyone to stop for prayer, hear or to take a moment to reflect wherever they may be. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, after the prayers, we will also offer Holy Communion. Please help us spread the word that St. Paul's is a house of prayer for all people. Author Annie Lamott tells us that three words have shaped her prayer life. Help at the beginning of each day. Wow at some point during the day. And thanks at the end of every day. Whether you use those three simple words, or the more elaborate phrases of our prayer book, or the words from your own heart, prayer shapes your life. It connects you to those who have preceded you and those with whom you share this life. It spurs you into action and quiets your mind, and most of all, it surrounds you with a sense of God's presence and draws you more deeply into God's love. Thanks be to God. Amen.